Hey guys, thank you for tuning in. If you find this podcast helpful, please consider subscribing or sharing. Thank you. My name is Delicia, and this is the Over Church Podcast. We are super excited because we're going to be talking about relational versus transactional churches. Yeah, I'm Justin. I'm her husband, uh, her better half, her <laughs> best gift that God's ever given oh, her. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm excited <laughs> about this uh, because I think when it comes to people being over church yeah. or over churched, I think a lot of it comes because they don't feel like they have any. They don't feel like the relationships are authentic. I remember I was talking to a friend of ours um, and she moved to Texas, her and her husband. Yeah. And she hit me and she was just like, I feel like Christians are the fakest people in the world. Wow. Are the f And I was first, you know, your instinct is like, no, come on. But then I couldn't even defend it because I was like, I know, <laughs> I know. But is that it. just Christians or is that just I think it's people? a lot of people in general. I think the problem is though you have a you go into church with a different ex you expect it to be different than what you would experience right. at work. So, so the, the expectation, expectation is higher because you're like, wait, I thought yeah. we were gonna authentically you, you you don't go to work and they don't say, Welcome to the family. They're like, Listen, do your job or we will fire you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um so you, don't, you don't go to college yeah. like, oh my gosh, all my you know, my classmates and teachers and professors love me. Like no one does that in yeah. any other sphere except church. The first thing is, oh, welcome to the family. We're so glad you're part of the family. Ooh, and we throw word that word family. out. Yeah. And and so it sounds relational mm -hmm. until, you know, it's like, oh, they only reach out to me if I'm they need me to serve or yeah. volunteer or um if I miss a Sunday, nobody, if it, depending on how big the church is, nobody even says anything. Nobody even right. cares. I'm just another number. And so I think that, I think it's, I think a big obstacle for people to being, to trusting church or loving church is yeah. it feels transactional instead of being relational. Have you experienced that personally? Yeah. I mean, I've experienced that. I mean, I remember the first memory I probably have of that is that when we just got ordained as pastors, like just got ordained as pastors. And I remember this influx all of a sudden of, um, just people wanting to be your friend. Right. And just wanting to be because of a title. Mm. So to me, when you say transactional, I immediately think of the people in the church mm. rather than maybe staff or somebody mm -hmm. of that nature um, to the point where I felt like I was being asked to do things or asked to like, like throw a baby shower or to throw. And that meant me pay for all of it. That meant for me to do all of it just to say what, when I had no relationship with this person, mm -hmm. but it was more of what it was seen as. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like at that point, this is just something that you're wanting because I have a title mm -hmm. and we're not even friends. Mm -hmm. We're not even, you don't even care mm -hmm. to ever ask me who I am, how, how I'm doing or mm -hmm. anything of that nature. So that was the first types of transactional is like, Oh, cause she's a pastor and because she has so many friends and it seems like she's financially good. Mm -hmm. Like where I was, we weren't even getting a dime mm -hmm. at the church. Mm -hmm. We were working full-time jobs. We were bivocational at this time that it was, it felt 
and it was perceived as if I had this, um, this type of, um, background for some reason for people to want to be a part of in that way, but not because they generally wanted a relationship with me. They just wanted to say, pastor Delicia did it for them Mm. in that way. So, so the transactional experience on you was how congregants treated you as like this property that they had a right to. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's definitely tough. But have you ever felt that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know what you mean. Um, dudes don't usually ask me to throw on baby showers. Though. I've, never, <laughs> I've never, had, never had that. That's probably why it's a woman thing. Yeah, that's I, what- I would even say, I would say, even from that aspect, I feel like you've dealt with that more than I, because I yeah. haven't, I don't, I feel like, first of all, unfortunately, more women go to church than men, statistically, typically. Yeah. So the 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 chance of you being you know being put in situations like that is already higher just because of the numbers but i think even when it comes to personality types i don't feel like i don't feel like so much that because we got ordained at the same time but i didn't feel a huge shift from the men yeah so much so at that time they um if anything, they were like, bro, they let this dude be a pastor. You know I mean? like, it was almost like they didn't take me serious. Um, so you I you were the joking, yeah, 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 serious yeah. type of guy. Yeah, I still ever. couldn't believe that. I was like, I, I'm, I'm just as confused as y'all are. Like, I don't know. <laughs> they had to do it by default. They're like, we really want Delicia, Stop, but she's no. married to Jess. I'm just kidding. But uh, I would say the first time I felt like, man, this is a transactional thing was not from members of the congregation, but it was more so. Um, if we're being honest, the culture of, um, I was a youth pastor at the time, just the youth pastor culture. Yeah. The youth pastor culture was so transactional. It's sickening from another youth pastor. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like, I remember you having this. Yeah. I'm like, like, none of these dudes are, and I, and I say none very, very vaguely and very loosely. And generally I had some, I have. I still to this day have some great friends who, who, came from who youth were ministry. yeah were youth pastors. So I'm gonna differentiate that. But it's still speaking of the ones that were not. I think the sad thing is I found more guys that yeah. were transactional where it was like this dick measuring contest of hey, how big is your youth group and you want to come speak my thing? I'll speak. <laughs> it was like this. It was. It, it was, was. It was. It was it, felt and like and that. you literally saw the the and this is what was dangerous about it. You saw youth pastors do two things. You saw them use students. Yep. They were their transactional with with kids because they knew the bigger, you know, the more kids they could get to their church, the more um, credit they would get from their pastor or from yeah. their peers. So, so they were now using kids for their own ego, which is transactional. Right. Like they weren't actually meeting these kids, going to schools. Like it was just, hey, come to my church. It was very, and the kids, you know, yeah. were the, the pawn. They were means to an end. But then on top of that, they didn't have authentic relationships with other people. It was all like, well, who do you know? And and it was it was very, it was, it was, it 100%. was this whole cyclical thing of Well, we would go into those little groups or gatherings mm-hmm. or whatever, and they wouldn't even speak to me as a woman youth mm-hmm. pastor. Yeah. And so it That's would tough. be like, cause it's so it's male dominant. Yeah. Like they Which is crazy. When you factor in that most of the youth groups are female heavy. Yeah. So it's really weird that more churches don't have more 
female youth pastors yeah when that's the majority of the youth groups yeah and that's just the spheres that we've been in that, like I mean, who knows there could be areas that but yes no, we, we've gone uh, to I've, some, I've seen them all all I would say prove me wrong email info at legacyaz.church or leave a comment on this YouTube video if I'm wrong but tell me give me I mean, I know a handful. I know a handful. I, the only, the, the first female youth pastor I ever met was Becky Johnson in Becky Jesus Culture. Becky Johnson, yes, yes. And she's still And killing. then, and then, um, gosh, it's slipping me. There, there was another woman on and I'm, um, but I'm talking about when we first started. Yeah. I've met more since yeah. then, but when we first started, that was the only one I knew of. No, totally, totally. But. There wasn't more. And, and it's crazy because if you really yeah. want to go down that rabbit hole, how many, and I mean, which is sad, you see all these, you see not all, but too many, yeah. if it's one, it's too many inappropriate, you know, inter interactions with either a youth pastor or a youth leader. And it's like, maybe if you empowered more women yeah, to, you know, be, be, leaders, be and, leaders and be seen as pastors and right. stuff as a director or even if you're one of those church we don't believe in pastors then do it go ahead do the punk move call her a director uh <laughs> and have the same expectations but uh and if she chooses to take that if she, but, but but my point is they don't even see that as a you know you don't see that as a pathway for a lot. Well, a lot of women don't see, I'm going to be a youth pastor they're like i'll be a worship leader because they never saw because it. they haven't seen it yeah yeah but i'm just saying yeah. So then exactly. you go back to the the real world, the 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 relationships that are seen, and it's yeah. like it's super transactional. And, and again, we're not speaking for everyone. Again, yeah. some of our greatest friends are former youth pastors or but, still youth pastors. So it's not about that. If there it's, is a pastor who's listening to this, mm -hmm. I would say the best thing you can do for you in your ministry that you are leading, whether that's a church mm -hmm. or a youth ministry or mm -hmm. any other type of ministry is have real relationships. Yes. Just invest yes. in being, having authentic, genuine relationships. Without knowing, without, without knowing who they know yes. or knowing what they do yep. or who they're connected with, like just have genuine relationships. And I think that that's taking a turn in some places, just not as much as we would like to see. So I want to stay on that. So the reason, so, so you experienced, we talk about experiencing transactional, I don't even like to call them relationships because they're not real relationships, but transactional relations within the yeah. church. You said you experienced it as a pastor, you feeling that way from the congregation, like they just wanted from you, but they weren't really for you as a person. And I think many women feel like that in ministry. ministry. Okay. And then I said, I saw it on a staff level where the problem with the culture, you know, but then that role is like, it's, it's who do you know, not who actually knows you, yeah. you know, and who do you care about like that? But I think anything, if you're feeling that at the top, it's going to seep into the congregation. 100%. So I think when people, when the average person then comes into a church and they don't have any notoriety, they don't have, they're not, um, a huge giver or donor. Yeah. It can be really easy if the culture of the staff and the pastors or the even or the leadership is trending in that direction yeah. then of course it's going to feel because a lot of people say i went to this church but it felt really cliquish you know yeah. and things like that and i think well that's a natural byproduct yeah because you know that's kind of how it operates at the top and so if people yeah. within the congregation aren't really known or don't feel seen yeah. or connected with with pastors or leaders then of course 
And then new people coming in, they're like, well, I don't care about, I don't know them. You know, I want to know who's yeah. the closest person to get to advance what I need, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where it gets dangerous. And I think that's where you, you see the triple trickle down effect into just the average first timer or. Why people feel, I think, um, even coming in as into a church, you have felt the fact of they just wanted something for me, like from they, me, from me. Yeah. They've never, we did hear from, um, friends of ours that now serve with us at legacy. It's like where they were at, they were serving every Sunday and never asked, how are you wow. and how mm -hmm. are you doing? What's going on in your life? Mm -hmm. Like just taking that moment mm -hmm. now, don't, don't get me wrong. I am a firm believer on you need to do your part and own up to the, what you don't do yeah. as well. Oh, we'll get into that in a second. Reaching yeah, yeah, yeah. out like, yeah, that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. There's no victim mentalities yeah. here in that way. But as the leaders, mm -hmm. um, we're talking to the leaders here of check yourself, mm -hmm. check yourself and really ask yourself, do you really care for these people? Yeah. Are you, how do they know that you care? Yeah. Do they feel that you care? Yeah. Because what we always say and what we have heard, and I think it was Reggie Joyner that ever said it first was that, um, people only were, Oh, they don't remember what you say. They only remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Did he say that? Or that you care. Oh, he yeah, would yeah, say yeah, that yeah. you care. They don't remember what you say, but they remember how you care. And like how you had seen them and if we're chopping it up, Reggie, I'm sorry. sorry. But also it's like that, that was profound for me in, in youth ministry, especially mm -hmm. and youth ministry. We, I feel like we have had relationships to this day where we're having now our youth who are adults calling us and yeah. um, telling us about what's going on in their life and what's has happened and what the things that they are accomplishing and things that they are struggling with. But it's because why? Because they, you knew you, we, you we cared. cared. Yeah. We yeah. cared. So well, I think that that's just something that I want to say to all leaders. Well, I want to flip it a little bit. Cause I do believe that part of our responsibility as pastors is to take accountability and ownership of the areas where we've fallen short. hundred percent. So the same way we felt or, you know, indifferent, and, yeah. you know, transactioned or transactional experiences, relationships, when is a time that maybe you treated someone transactionally, even if it was unintentionally, but it was, that's how they felt. Yeah. Um, man, let me think about it. I'll that. go first. Cause yeah, I, go. I, I you, can think of one off one. top. Yeah. Uh, I remember, so we started off, you, you mentioned it. We start off in youth ministry. Um, I don't know. The reason we got into ministry was because of relationship. That's what I think That's is important. I gonna, yeah. And I was going to get on that too, is I think one of the major problems when it comes to um, pastors and churches is that they don't, people don't even realize your pastor doesn't have any authentic relationships that he can, or he or she can turn to. And that, and that becomes a problem. Yeah. But another problem to not to make them victims is that they don't invest in people relationally well. The only reason I became a youth pastor is because our, my pastor at the time, uncle or uncle John, we call him uncle John, but his name is John butcher. He discipled me. He was relational with me. He invested in me and he did vacation. He did vacation. Like, yeah, but it was, but it was no strings attached. There was nothing I could do for him. I wasn't, you know what I mean? I just, it was Never, just, yeah. yeah, he had his own family, his own sons. He just made an intentional deposit and decision to disciple and invest in me relationally. And that changed the trajectory of my life. 
Um, but anyway, when we were, and so we, because of that, we had no problem giving our lives to that church because they gave their lives to us. It yeah. was, it was a, it was a relational exchange yeah. and it, it wasn't transactional, but when God told us it was time to go, um, you know, we, we left bivocational all in on that church in California, uprooted, moved our family to Arizona to work at a church in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, shout out impact church they gave us our first position travis yeah. natalie hearn gave us our first uh full-time roles in 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 ministry and took a chance on us but i remember being a young youth pastor and you know moving and i remember i felt and this wasn't to blame anybody this is me taking ownership i felt such a pressure to like prove i was all in on the new place and like go all in on these new students that and social media was kind of new-ish back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember like posting like so glad to. I I can't remember verbatim what yeah, I did. All I remember is like I, I yeah. yeah I posted a lot and I started posting you know, um, all about impact and all about those students and all these things and mm. and I remember how devastating it felt or her I ended up hearing how devastating it was for the kids that we had just left who we had spent you know over four years with yeah. as their youth pastors their only youth pastors and we knew how hard and that we knew how, and that was, was the yeah. that was the hardest transition we've ever made when ever. it comes to yeah, hands um, down. yeah because it was all we knew yeah you know and I'll never forget um and I it's like years later all these kids are grown now but I just remember thinking like, oh crap, like I never wanted them to feel like I was moving on to something better yeah. or like I yeah. loved them less or like I forgotten about them or like, I'm yeah. and I remember though that that's how they felt. They felt like, oh, he doesn't care about us anymore. It's these, it's these new kids now. And it's because he's getting paid. And it's to because do it. I'm getting paid to do it. And, and it's, it's bigger. It's bigger. Yeah. Well, yeah, we came from a church of like 300 to like 3000. Yeah. And, and so on the outside, like internally, no one knew that like, that yeah. was the hardest thing we ever did. Yeah. And we, you know, we were crying and like, I'm, you know, it was just so much. It was such a hard decision. Um, and we were trying to figure out what, like I was, I was trying to, you know, in my mind do it perfectly, but I was like, well, how do I say goodbye while also not making these new kids feel like I'm one foot in, you know what I mean? Yes. And I just dropped the ball on that. Like yeah. I, I never, and it's something that was unintentional, yeah. but it, it, people don't go off your intentions. They go off of what, what was done. Yeah. You know, they don't, nobody cares about what you intended to do. They just care about what you did. Yeah. And I'll never forget that feeling of, oh crap, I made those wow. students who I invested years in feel like yeah. it was so easy for me to just move on relationally or emotionally. And, yeah. um, that was something I had to, you know, I had to deal with and we, you know, and grow from. and grow from and and I, I made sure I tried to I, I took that because after that we eventually transitioned from impact and that's yeah. why I always tried to make sure that we kept fostering relationships and never to my best not that I did it perfect after that I don't know but at least I was aware of it of like yeah. oh crap that was you don't you don't have to you don't have to neglect someone else to prove to someone else and you don't have to you know yeah, you don't have that's to good. that's good so what okay that was me you don't have to neglect someone else to prove to someone else yeah that's good that's good babe once in a while i have that's, these gems that you just, do you do you have these gems but but for sure what what about you when's the time maybe unintentionally man like i mine is like whack i feel like compared to yours like maybe you're that just was a better good human that being. was you, a, like that was you could deep, just be a better bro. human being than me i was me. like wow 
Yeah. You brought up something that I was like, dang, that, mm -hmm, that was hard. That was a hard season that I think I, we've kind of blocked out for some time mm -hmm. because I, I just remember that, um, you did try your best through all that. Like you, you, you were visiting kids in their homes to try and let them know, like, I love you. Mm -hmm. We're leaving and this has nothing to do with you. So that was a, that was a hard learning mm -hmm. curve for sure that nobody could have helped us with at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately, but I think transactional, when I think of transactional, I think when I started getting into the mega church, mm -hmm. um, you know, you would have a list of people that you would call and they would have on standby kind of, because there's people who don't work or don't, mm -hmm. um, are retired or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be that can come in and help with projects. Mm -hmm. And I remember I got one of these ladies and she came in and she was helping out so much. And mm -hmm. I just remember at this time when I saw her, she's, a, she was a mom of two young girls, one who had special needs mm -hmm. and her husband was working and you could just see like they were constantly just trying to strive in mm -hmm. life, you know, and survive. Mm -hmm survive in it. And so I remember that I felt guilty because of the fact that she was helping me so much with this big project and event that mm -hmm. was happening. And I had called her, but, and she, I never knew anything about her. Mm. And I remember that she would constantly want to talk and mm. everything. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. But I don't have like time. Mm. And mm. it was like in that moment that I felt like Holy spirit was really convicting my heart and yeah. telling me like, remember why you started this. Yeah. Remember where you came from. And because like you said, I mentioned like, we know about relationships because we came from a church and leaders and pastors who did nothing but that. Yeah. They knew everybody in that church and yes, it was 300 people and yes, they can know them like that. But honestly, they really have taking this whole thing of like, yes, they want to grow if that's what God has for them, mm -hmm. but they're also okay and content with where they're at too, because they're stewarding it so mm -hmm. well with relationships. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was in that moment that I realized I need to give this woman my time. Mm -hmm. Like I need to know her. I need mm -hmm. to pour into her. I need to. So I remember I took her out to lunch mm -hmm. and I mean, she was in tears mm -hmm. practically of just the fact that I took the time and I felt like I was really a nobody, but she felt like I was a somebody because I was on staff at mm -hmm. a church. And it just showed me in that moment of like, I don't want to be this leader. Yeah. I don't want to be this leader. I don't want to just ask people of things and not even know who they are yeah. and who I'm really asking yeah. in that moment. Now we are lead pastors. Now we don't get to know every single person's story in that yeah. way or get to do get to be at every single person's birthday and everything else which we'll talk about later on yeah. but at the same time the people that we do get to pour into and do have that connection with we always encourage them that they need to be that to other people yeah. and it's yeah. our biggest thing that we tell our yeah. leaders yeah that's who we are that's our heartbeat if you're not caring for people then you're not here with legacy yeah, yeah. so that's good. I, and I, I think that what is sad is that it's like that thought a lot of people have like, oh, I just don't have time. But it's like, well, you have time to ask them to do things for you. You have the time to yeah. do for them. You know, yeah. it's 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 sad. 
it's a it's a it's it's not a really a good mindset to be in as yeah, a leader. But it's it's we have a, to break that. Yeah, we have to break it yeah. and break that mold and allow people to know this time is investment. Yeah. Because it's gonna cost you later yeah. because that person eventually is gonna leave. Yeah. They're gonna or, leave. And if they don't, they should. Yeah, they should. They should. Like I don't think anybody should constantly because and we'll talk about that in another episode. The whole it's for <laughs> God so or much. honor. We got, so we got a, the honor culture and all this BS that people try to use to manipulate people. BS stands for baloney sandwiches, by the way. I don't want to get canceled on our first episode. Um, but let's let's flip it though, because okay. Yes, absolutely. Pastors, Christians can um, unintentionally or just without caring yeah. be transactional. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can fumble relationships and not being real, truly relational. But what about like what you said? What about the people that are expecting like, well, why aren't you at my baby shower? And why aren't you at my birthday dinner? Yeah. And why didn't I get invited to this? What do you what are some unrealistic expectations that you've seen people place on others within the church when it comes to? Uh, yeah, I think I think this can really go back to women, like women in ministry. Because, like you <laughs> so said, you're saying dudes just don't even care. No, I I really I think there is like uh -huh. it's a handful. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Said, no, like, I'll get on the guy. Yeah, you yeah. haven't, you haven't. You, that's your story to yeah. share. I have seen men do it, um, but I do want to make it a point to talk to the women yeah. of that because even being a, now a lead pastor but just being then at the time like a youth pastor and just somebody in the church just mm -hmm. serving I still got that mm -hmm. because they thought I had held some title or position or whatever you know or just you're Influence. part of my church yeah. Yeah, yeah and so I would say to the women's like that's not fair unless you yourself are going to tell you know yourself that you're going to be at all those things. Like I'm a mom now of three. I love the people that we get to serve with and be with. But at the same time, I'm like, I can't make it to everything. And mm -hmm. those are creating healthy boundaries for me, my family, because mm -hmm. somebody's going to have to pay. Mm -hmm. And those somebody's don't need to be my children. Yeah. And so, or my marriage yeah. or the people who have, my family, mm -hmm. like right now. So right now, you know, in this time we're dealing with my mom um, having cancer mm -hmm. and it's a hard time because of the fact that even though my mom doesn't want to ask more time of us and she's so respectful of it, I'm moving around my schedule right at this point and canceling things because of the fact that that's what takes priority. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to say to those that are having this high expectation of people to, well, they never invite me or they don't tell me about it. And why does so-and-so get to go like, stop, mm -hmm. stop. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you yourself are not going to be able to make it to all those birthday parties and anniversaries and all every little thing mm -hmm. and event mm -hmm. that they have. Mm -hmm. And if you do got the time, that's great. But don't hold that expectation like mm -hmm. that. Hold yeah. people to where who they really are and it, have grace for them. See yeah. them as great as in a graceful manner of like, you know what? If they would, they would have made it if they wanted to. Yeah. I know that or if they, they could, if they could, yeah, not if that they, they could. didn't want yeah, to. Yeah. Not, not that they didn't want to, but if they could yeah. think the best, the people before you think the worst. Oh, and so I would just want to state that it's so vital for us in the church to remember, like if you want to go out with somebody particular, like, Ask yourself why, because I think that some people like this idea of these friendships or 
think that this is going to be a great relationship. Like I know that I've gotten lots of women in the church that are like, oh, I want to have coffee. I want to do this. But like, do you really? Or is it just because I'm the pastor? Like if I was just somebody sitting in the chair, would you really want to get to know me? Which you should. You should. If, if you actually care about relational, if, if you or yourself are a relational yeah. person, yeah. a relational Christian, yeah. it should not matter who it is. It should yeah. be like, hey, if you're sitting next to me, like, I think the weird, like, think about how weird it is to go, like, if you come to our church. Yeah. It's about 90 to 100 minutes of, of an experience. Yeah. Because of us. Think, yeah, because of us. <laughs> we don't believe in 20 minutes TED Talk sermons. But, but, but we will if we have we to. We will. But we'll yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah, we'll get kidding. there. But, but, but my point is, if I was sitting next to somebody for 90, 110 minutes, whatever. Right. And this, this very, it's a spiritual, it's like a, it's a vulnerable environment, right? Yeah. It's spiritual. It's, I would want to at least know the name. Hey, who are you? Like, who am I <laughs> sitting next to for this long? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But that's how, and, and, and I'm not saying, I mean, maybe if it's your first time, like I get it. But if you've been like, you come to the church regularly and you never even ask the person sitting next to you their name. Right. That's not relational. No. But yeah, you want people to know your name. You want yeah. people to, you know, well, I don't feel like anybody reached out to me. It's like, right. you don't even ask the people who are sitting next to you who they are. You're like, yeah. where are your kids? Like, you don't. Yeah. And so, but what you said made me think of, because I think everything we say, we say or talk about should have a biblical base. So 1 Corinthians 13, what's the difference between a relational or a transactional relationship? This is how he describes love. If You love people. Mm. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous. Why didn't I get invited? Why do you invite them? That's not, you're not loving those people well. Or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. Wow. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. But I love the part about always hopeful. Like I think that- Relational relationships are ones where you're thinking the best of people and you're wanting the best for people, not just from people, but for you. Like, I'm hoping for people, not from people. Yeah. And that's the key to not being transactional. Yeah. Yeah. How is this relationship better for you? Yeah. Not just what can I get from you? Yeah. I agree with that. And so I think this goes into my, 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 well, yeah, I think we got to stop being unrealistic about the church, right? Yeah. Like you, these are, all of us are broken people. We're all yeah. in some way, shape or form thinking that we're trying to do our best. Yeah. We all, a lot of us have families. We all, you know, we have all these things going on. If, if there's a way we can grow, just say it, tell us like, let's yeah. get better. Don't, don't complain. Don't quit. Don't just, well, they didn't say anything. It's like, well, yeah. did you give them an opportunity? Did you say, Hey, I would have yeah. like when there was a girl in our church, we respect, I love her. Um, she told you straight up, she was like, listen, I need yeah. community. I'm here. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to, sure, I'm going to just sure, vocalize. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, like, I would like to be, you know, certain things. And I don't then, think I've ever had anybody. You know, but, and, but just be honest. Right. And then yeah. you were able to be honest with her. Like there's gonna be some things where I'm going to be honest. I'll, I'm not going to be able to be at, or I'm not going to, but the fact that I know that you want to the best of my ability, I'm going to make myself available. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's an authentic relationship. That's, yeah. that's, that's real. Yeah. 100%. Um, it, it creates a boundary of, 
realistic expectations for both of us, yep. but also the acknowledgement that we want the same thing. Yeah. It's just how can we get there? Yeah. That's best for both people. And I think that eliminates the transactional thing yeah. to where it's not, that prevents her from thinking if you're, if you're texting or calling her, it's because, hey, can you serve this Sunday right. or, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and that's why we push our leaders all the time to be oh, like, yeah. have you checked on people? On your team? Have you actually talked to them? Because then that, that's a team. Yeah. People don't, this isn't a, a job where it's like <laughs> clock in, clock out. Yeah. And as long as you do your job, it, it should be a team. Um, so here's my, my last question. Because I really don't, I, 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 in my experience, I don't have a lot of dudes that are super unrealistic. Like, I, some, I do. Some, some. But it, the, 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 but those guys. I feel like men don't say it though. Oh, that's that could be that's, fair. That's that could be I fair. Feel. That could be like very true. Men don't really say it to another guy. Like they don't want to be. They don't want to be that guy. They don't want to be, be that guy. Oh, uh, that's a very good point. That is very real. Because I've heard men complain, but they're complaining to not the so person. They complain to their wives or mm -hmm. something like they that. Complain to their okay. wives and things like I, that. I think typically what I see unrealistic expectations for dudes is not so much just like the hanging out thing. Mm -hmm. I, it's more of the, it's more of the, but it's not, I wouldn't label it as transactional. There's a whole nother thing in turn. We could have a conversation in terms of like people are over church just because they, they had unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of their role. Yeah. Right. Like I think I should be doing something that I'm not. Yeah. But I think we should, Yeah. we'll get back to that another time. Cause that's where I see more dudes wrong. Dudes think like, well, why am I not? Why why don't I have this? Or why am I not over this? Or why am I not? And it's like, bruh. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I. You're absolutely right. I think that we do need to have an episode of just that, particularly what we're talking about. Yeah. But I do feel that it's unfair to say that at this point, there's not men in this place. Or I've never complained to you of like, we don't hang out. You don't call me, bro. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We well, don't. That's you know. Okay, yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? It's and like, that just goes back to the well, you don't call me. Yeah. And like, it's both, right? It's both. And yeah. but also I think men are coming into this place of, and not as much as before, but even more so of being okay to say how they feel. Oh yeah. That's because we being all vulnerable. Yeah. Being vulnerable and saying, Hey man, like I've seen you in those moments. Yeah. So I was just like, wow, I would have thought I got him. I would get invited to that. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like there's different things of that nature. But it's like, well, but do you even check in on that person? Yes. Or even yes. enough I'm for them to, to even remember. think about I, you? I, I was, I, I, yes, I do agree. There are times I have, I can't remember what, yeah, but what I remember the, yeah. it's probably been more than one where I'm like, dang, I didn't get an invite. You're right. You're right. We dudes, hey, if we're honest, we do. We do feel a way when we feel like we're closer with somebody than the reality of what or than the perspective of what they apparently thought we were, you know? Um, I, I still don't think that's, I think that we need to come back to love our first Corinthians 13 though, because it's okay to realize that, oh, I thought we were, but yeah. we're just, and that doesn't villainize no. that other person. It's just, you need to accept the fact that like, 
And it's not that they think less of you. It's just like, hey, they have their four or five. Yeah. And maybe they don't really know you like that. And they're just right. a great person. I think sometimes we get tricked within the church because people, some people are so nice that we think, hey, that's my guy. Right. And, and, I, and it's just because yeah. they loved you so well yeah. or so much better than other people that you thought you were close and they were. And they're like, oh, no, bro, I'm like that with everybody. And you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, I thought it was us, you know? I thought it was just Yeah, me. yeah. Because you get some people that they are just so loving and nice and they, yeah, are, and they make so you good. feel so sick. Yeah. that you're like i'm coming to the you know i'm yeah. coming to the bachelor party i'm coming to the you know you get no I'm and like oh i didn't know it was his birthday like why didn't he come meet i didn't get to the invite to the dinner or the cigar bar or yeah why didn't i come to that but that that's still you can't <laughs> i think that's just <laughs> that's what and coaches be like hey you got to know your role man you you got to know your role in a team and that's role. not everybody's not LeBron and, and, and Dwayne Wade, you know, sometimes. I don't think it's for you to have expectations of people. I think it's for you to understand your role. Yeah, and and and, and to love them, just love them for where you're at. Love it, appreciate it for That's what it is. Role. Appreciate it for what it is, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and that, and yeah, and that and that's, that takes humility. That does. But, but that's a part of love, right? It's yeah. It's like it, um, love is not jealous, boastful, or proud. Yeah. And pride will tell you, oh, okay, that's how it is. Oh, I thought we were, you know, that's yeah. pride. Yeah. Humility is like, oh, man, I hope he has a good time then. Right. I hope he has a good time. Right. Uh, and you know what? I'll take him out when he gets back. I don't have to get invited to that. I'll take him for coffee or we'll go grab donuts or something when he gets back. Yeah. And uh, I think that is, that's that's real relationships where you can you can tell yourself it's transactional when it's really not right. just because you don't want to put the work of making it relational. That's good. And that's so good. sometimes you have unrealistic expectations. Dang. And that doesn't make them transactional. It's just like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why I want to tell this story so bad, but <laughs> I was, I've never, I don't know why I didn't, I was in high school and <laughs> I was in high school. I was in a science class. And I'm sitting in the back, not paying attention. I'm talking to this girl. She's talking about some dude. She was like, she was telling me and her friend about some interactions she had with some boy. And she was like, I came to his, and I was texting him and we were doing all these things. And one day I asked him, like, hey, why didn't you, I don't know, like, why haven't you taken me out or something like that? And, he, and the boy texted back. He's like, hold up. You thought you was the main? <laughs> and she was like, and she was like, but I respected it. And I, it just let me know my role. And I, I was like in 10th grade and I was like, wow, that is a deep, <laughs> I'm not condoning it, but dang, like that really, but that dude had boundaries. <laughs> that dude was a man who understood from a young age, he understood boundaries. And he said, realistic, and being up front with people, you had to respect him. Um, I hope he knows Jesus. Know. Um, what about the third one? But it's like, Christians need that. Like, wait, you thought, you yeah. know? <laughs> Uh, oh, last question. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what does, okay, we identify, yes, churches can be transactional. People in the church can be people. transactional. Yeah. yeah. And when we say church, it's the people. It's, the it's people. not any building that is more transactional than another building. It's the people. But what does relational church look like? What does healthy expectations and what does relational church look like? Relational church, I feel, looks like that, um, realistic expectations. I think that that is, how do you come to get to that? How do you get to that point? Cause everybody, the, everybody thinks they're realistic. Nobody. It's, uh, it's a perspective, yeah. right? So honestly, 
it goes back to me with friendships, right? Okay. Like that's the only way I can think of it yeah. because well, I mean, I've had, best way. I mean, I've had these friendships for now, like 10, year, 10 plus years now. And, um, we started off with the fact that it was, it was frustrating at first because we started off with the one started off because we just knew each other from school and stuff. The other one, it's like, I, I felt that Holy spirit was asking me befriend this woman, mm. befriend her. And it was because in this time, this season, and we've talked about it and preached about it before, but we'll talk about this later is about praying for these friends, mm -hmm. praying for actual relationships. So mm -hmm. I feel like in the church, how we can be more intentional and healthier is praying, mm. praying in as, as maybe simple or, um, okay, duh, Delicia, like, oh, such a Christian thing to say. No, you know what I'm finding out is that if I were to truly watch you in your life every single day and I say something like that, you really don't take that weight into knowing and doing that. Mm -hmm. It's not, I'm really saying you need to talk to God. Mm -hmm. You need to talk to God all the time mm -hmm. and every day and about all these things. Yeah. And so- for us, we we're not the best at being relational. We're just constantly trying to see people the way God sees people. Mm -hmm. So I think your prayer needs to be, God, help me see them the way you see them. Help me treat them the way you have asked me to treat them. Mm -hmm. How would you love them the way that um, you're calling me to? Mm -hmm. And asking for those relationships um, that are, you want as friendships, because mm -hmm. you need to pray about your mm -hmm. friendships. But being healthy in the church, I think, looks like of the fact of putting everything back to this is about for this, I'm here to serve, mm -hmm. not to be served. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I think that's really the understanding before you ask for something, actually ask, how have you already given to them? Mm before you want to take. Mm -hmm. And I think that that looks different for everybody yeah. in within the church. Yeah. So I don't have like a blueprint, 10 steps, steps mm -hmm. types, types of thing, but I know how you love words. So you're going to have all these steps. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, I think, I think it starts at the top. I think if you're talking about the creating a relational culture in a church, it has to stop. It has to start at the top, meaning are the pastors relational? Yeah. I think the saddest thing that I've seen is that if you were to ask 10 pastors, how many of you guys are discipling other guys? You might get one or two. Yeah. Like if you were to say, who are you discipling? You know? And then, but on the stage, it's like, hey, we got life groups. We got small groups. You need to be in a small group. You need to be serving. You need to be all these things. And it's like, are you all those Are things? you doing any of those things? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and even if you're not doing all those, does it start with, Jesus didn't say, go make small groups of all nations, go, you know, have 10 services and baptize a million people. He said, go make disciples that, yeah. that, that starts with relationships yeah. because the problem is if we, if we reverse engineer it, you can be transactional in, you know, Hey, come to this church to get baptized. That, that can be a trans. We, we count the baptisms. Yeah. We count the, uh, the people that raised their hand. We count how many butts are in the seats, but how, how, how many people have you personally discipled pastor? Yeah. Yeah. Like, or how many people are you discipling? Yeah. Like, I think the saddest thing is like when it, so we made a decision coming from the experiences we've seen yeah. being youth pastors and, and we've seen it super relational. We've seen it not as relational. And we said, 
okay, not to demonize or villainize anybody, but how are we going to do it? We made it a commitment that as senior pastors, we are not absolved from discipling people intentionally within our church. And so on our schedules, our sacred times that are marked out where we intentionally on our calendars, we are meeting with so-and-so that it's it's essentially discipleship that we are, we that commit we to pray we, for we pray for we we're, we, we're doing life with and yeah. it's not about and it's not ministry related it's life related yeah. it's not like okay well let me how, how are you growing the youth ministry or how are you growing right. the worship team no it's how are you yeah how can we how are you how is your relationship doing how is your it's it's that actual one-on-one and it keeps it being relational so that it yeah. doesn't ever get to trans you know it protects the relationship and doesn't allow it to evolve into unintentionally becoming transactional, right? Yeah. That's the goal. That's the heart of it. So I think it starts with pastors doing it and then holding your staff accountable to doing the same thing, yeah. right? So we, the, the people on our teams, they're responsible for leading Bible studies or, or life group. Right. You know, there was like, hey, if you're one of the responsibilities is you have to be doing life with people and pouring into people relationally, right? regardless of whether they serve or what, like, it's just these people. And so I think if you start that culture from the top, it can then be expected to trickle down to everyone else because it's being it's being exemplified, right? Yeah. What's being exemplified can then be expected to be repeated. And that's how you kind of create that culture. And then I think, <clears throat> man, I'm, it's time to wrap this up. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> uh, I think relational church looks like a lot of people committing to living out 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. I want, I'm coming here. If I don't have friends or people I'm being, I'm going to first show myself. I'm going to go love on those people, you know, I'm going to, and it's hard. And, you know, even that verse, he who wants friends must first show himself friendly. Another translation, it's like, it's stressful because you open yourself up to being attacked and to being disappointed and all these things. But that's not being promised that it's not, it's. It's that the fact that those things won't happen. Yeah. Relationships is hard. Oh. Relationships hurt. Because transactional ones don't. Yeah. If I'm transactional yep. with you, I never, I'm, got, I never got a word. I never get close enough to get hurt. And yeah. that's, so sometimes we're transactional because it we, protects us. We think we're, we, we think, think, we're we think it protects us. us. Yeah. But then we end up being frustrated when we feel used. Yep. But it's yep. like, well, you were never really, you know? Yeah. So, Man. dang. So much. So, 1 Corinthians 13, that's your, uh, over church community, read it, study it, study it, and and really meditate like, on it. Yeah, but like allow that to be the filter for yeah. how you're viewing relationships. 100%. Like allow that be the filter, and then hey, go apologize. Yeah, take ownership. Like if you 100%. if you've been transactional with certain people, ask them this. Ask them this, and this is what we ask each other. Mm-hmm. Like is well i was just talking about that this morning oh right? yeah 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 yeah. every birthday mm-hmm. i ask my closest friends and with me because i'm doing life with them mm-hmm. these are the people that i either feel called to be doing life with or even just the fact that they have feel called to do life with me mm-hmm. and um i ask them how can i be a better friend to you this yeah. year yeah what can i do as a friend this year yeah and it has helped grow us and propel us in ways because I think people need to take a step back Mm -hmm. and ask pastors, take a step back. Am I relational? Mm -hmm. Who do I even have around Mm -hmm. me? Is my wife, does my wife have friends? Mm -hmm. Not just me, but does my wife have friends? And if you're a woman pastor, does my husband have friends? Mm -hmm. Like that's important. 
that's so important to ask that. But then people who can actually um, do life with you to bless you and to be able to do this with you, but then also that you can can help you grow. Yeah. That's about having relationships yeah. and being relational and not transactional. And some of them, hey, Jesus himself knew that he had Judas in there. Yep, and he kept him. And he kept him. Because trans transactional, it's... I think it's unhealthy for the person who it's, it's not the goal. It's, no. it's unhealthy, but at the same time, it should be expected right? in terms of you're not going to, you don't have the capacity to be relational with everyone. And you should have the maturity of knowing that everyone that's with, around me isn't for me yeah. and that's okay. That's like, okay. That's okay. But still, but care. I'm gonna even if you're transactional with this, yeah. I want you to know I care for you. Like care. He, and yeah. and that and I think what that did is it allowed Judas thought he was taking advantage of Jesus by I'm still getting the money, I'm handling the money, and I'm doing all these things. He didn't know that Jesus was like, bro, I'm not dumb. I know who you are, what you're doing. I'm just making sure that you could never say you didn't have a model to follow. You were never loved. Wow. And I and I think honestly, the the realization of knowing that he betrayed someone who was so relational and loved him so much, that's what led him to kill himself. Yeah. Because if it had been a mutual train, like, hey, you know, well, he, all he does, all I do is count the money. All he does is preach to everybody. And like, he, he, he realized what he did because he was like, this was the most relational person I had in my life. Yeah. And I gave them up. He cared for me. Like, he he cared for me. me. He loved me. He stuck with me. He knew everything. Like he was God. He knew everything I was doing and he kept me around. He let me experience all these things brought me into homes, let me, let me see miracles that no one else, you know what I mean? I got to see all these things, learn from him all the time. Yeah. Even though he knew I wasn't fully invested in the relationship. That's so good. And so I think for us, it, it yeah. should protect us. We don't need to demonize everybody that isn't. No. You're like, don't cut everybody off. Well, they no. don't do it. Don't go around cutting everybody off. Yeah. Just make sure you're always able to walk in the grace and the, the conscience of knowing I stayed it's not about what you can do for me. I just want to check up on you anyway. You yeah. Know? And that's what that scripture brings to you today mm -hmm. is like, go love, live and lead like Jesus. Yep. And oh, that's you will motto. have relationships yep. and you will be relational. You will. Yeah. That's good. Well, till next, till time. next time, <laughs> till next time, do that. Go love, live and lead like Jesus. Hamilton's love you. Bye. Bye.